we used to have the yellow yellow jersey bib, and then the players would vote um, for the worst player of the day, and then they'd have to wear this horrible yellow jersey and have to wear it into the game. But we always used to make a big deal of the presentation, and I think the very first one we ever did, we had a little security guard called Saddam, and for some unknown reason, I'd spotted a, a Saddam Hussein mask. So we made him wear the full face mask and he came in as Saddam Hussein to present the yellow jersey to the worst player. After four and a half weeks of, of slogging our guts out, you know, I, I took the boys to Arbor Brewing for the very first time. So I'm like, right lads, order whatever you want, have as many beers as you want, eat pizza, eat a load of shit, do whatever you want. And everyone was looking at me thinking, nah, he's bullshitting us, this is a test. So Jono had a beer and then very slowly and sheepishly, a few boys would start to have a drink. And then it got to maybe five, six hours later and everyone was completely drunk. Christmas dues, we always, one year we had a fancy dress. I think I went as a, an angry bird or something. That was Ashley Westwood speaking of his time with Bengaluru FC, a club which he helped build into the force that has just become now in Indian football. Speaking from Australia, Ashley takes us through those early years when the club structure was formed when the team walked to the gym, when everyone went around handing flyers and hoping fans would turn up for their first games. It's a far cry, seven years down the line, when you look at it. And here is a tale of how it all began. So, uh, first of all, uh, thank you, Ashley, for joining me for this show. Uh, I hope you're doing well. You're in Sydney, no? Yeah, I'm in Sydney. Um, safe, which is first and foremost. Not ill. Um, like a few people, obviously, um, been here, you know, a while now, like three years off and on, but do a lot of travel into England, do a lot of travel into uh, India, obviously still do cover the uh, Champions League football in India as well. Um, so keeps me busy. Um, why I'm looking to see what's, what's the next chapter. Moving on to your, you landing in Bangalore. Uh, Bangalore FC's first press conference when they unveiled you as a coach is one of the first ones I've done as a professional in journalism. So, what was it like? Because did you expect, I mean, you came with a blank slate. There was no club. You had to build everything up from scratch, build a fan base. In the first match, when all those people turned up and you played Mohan Bagan, one of the biggest teams uh, in the history of Indian football, did you expect the kind of reaction? Uh, what, what all went into getting that? team out on the field on that day? Um, no, I mean, obviously, like you say, I came with an uh, open eye, mind, open eyes, uh, no expectation, really. We'd just been sacked at Blackburn, and the, the, the man I was assistant to had decided to take 12 months out of the game before he went back in to, to recharge his battery, so I knew my next thing was going to have to be something I did on myself. So I thought I'd come to India and had nothing to lose. And if it was successful, obviously the rewards would be good. Um, I never, you know, I was always apprehensive of coming to a new club and there being no fans. We were fortunate that we were in Bangalore. And, uh, you know, there'd been a little bit of history before in Bangalore with football. Um, with, with I think it was HAL, the football team was there once before we got there. And they didn't really have anything successful at the time, so... They were uh, crying out for a football team, and you know we just we just put a lot a lot of work into it. You know, handing out flyers, you know, going introducing ourselves to, to fans on the street, be it rickshaw drivers, be it people who owned tea stalls or whatever used to walk the streets, and we never knew what was going to happen. Um, all I knew that would happen from myself was we were going to be a good side, we were going to be fit, we were going to be organised, and 
as long as people wanted to come and have a look, I believe that we could uh, attract them and keep them at the stadium from the product we put out. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, the first the first year at Bangalore, I would, I would go for safe, well, not safe, but it kind of felt like the best year um, because we had that old rickety stand behind the goal that was completely packed out every week. I think the tickets were only 30, 30 rupees or something like that to get in. But those tickets being sold for a thousand rupees outside because everybody wanted to be behind the goal. Um, and it had a, a very nice atmosphere about it, especially where the stadium was. It felt like you was right in the heart of Bangalore um, to know the local people that, that, that really mattered. So uh, was it difficult in the second year when you moved to Kantiva? Because like you said, you were right there on the field. The fans are right very, very close to the field. They were abusing the hell out of the opposition players. Yeah, I mean, it probably needed the move, obviously, because the, the stadium was better and the club was getting bigger. I know we used to get maybe four, 5,000 sellout uh, at the old stadium, but it couldn't take any more. And when we moved, obviously, like every club, you know, you go to 10, 12. I think Mon began the last game of the season, second year, there were, there were 22, 23,000 there. So I understand it from that perspective. It did feel a little bit different because um, you weren't as close. Um, but that's that's the sign of the times with football. I mean, it happens to everyone. Everyone has to grow as the club grows. Um, but it, it did, did feel a little bit different, if I was being honest. Um, but the crowd were always really vibrant, really interactive, really, you know, innovative. They always came up with new uh, signs and new flags. And, you know, it was, it was still it was still very special the second season. But it did feel a little bit different. Just, I, I don't know, just from a, maybe a, I don't know, an atmosphere perspective where you just you just felt like you was in the stadium at times because it was so close. In the first year, you had to buy all the players. The team got all the players who were sort of, not out there in the reckoning for the national teams and all those kind of things. You had players from the second division who were in and around, but never really the star, other than Sunil and let's say Robin to an extent. So the two. So how did you go about building, working with the, that bunch of players who you have never played with, whose level is probably not the level that you are used to in England? Yeah, I think um, you'd have to give credit to all the players. You know, we got a real nice tight knit group, like you mentioned. I think Robin was our second biggest earner on not a lot of money. Sunil was our biggest earner. Again, not nothing compared to what he's on now. And everybody else really was, was thrown together. Our budget was very, very low compared to everybody else. Regards our playing budget, that is. You know, there were players in our team on, on 20,000 rupees a month, um, 25,000 rupees a month. And then you went up against Mon McGann and there was foreigners there on $20,000 a month where our foreigners were on about 6,000. Um, so there was a huge difference, but we just knew that with the fitness that we was going to put into him, with the team spirit we was going to put into him, with the nutrition we were going to put into him, with the way that we, we put them all in the same apartment and made them feel like a family and a team unit. Uh, when I first came to India, there was, there was no environment there was no structure to any football club, in my opinion. Um, you know, teams would come, drop the bags at the side of the field, train for an hour and a half and then leave. You know, we uh, adapted the offices behind the goal. Um, we made physio rooms. We made video analysis rooms. We made dining rooms. We made stretching area and rehab rooms. And all of a sudden, we were spending eight hours a day with each other right? regards to other clubs spending one and a half hours a day with each other. You know, we would report at 7, 8 a.m. in the morning, have breakfast, 
lads would then have an hour to do little bits and pieces themselves and they rehab room, check in with the physio, congregate with each other, table, tennis table, um, and then we'd go out onto the field maybe half nine, ten o'clock, spend two hours on the field, go back inside, have lunch. Um, again, time when you spend together. And then two or three days a week, we'd then walk up to the to the gym through the streets so all the, all the fans and crowds could see us. Spend another hour and a half together maybe in the gym. And all of a sudden, you have more of a, a community club, a family club, because everyone's spending so much time with each other and you're being professional and you're applying yourselves properly. So we knew we were going to be in front of every other club in that regards. Um, and then it was just down to giving them the right coaching, the right information, and then the right elements to your fitness and your diet and, and pulling it all together. And uh, you got in the foreigners. I think the first uh, bunch of foreigners were Sean Rooney, John Minyonger, uh, Curtis Osano and John Johnson. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I held interviews, if I was being honest, back in England. I interviewed maybe 10, 20 players who I identified to come to be only two English. Johnny Minonga was signed by the club before I got there. Um, and they signed him as a number 10. And I, if I'm being honest, I didn't want him um, because I don't play with a number 10. Um, so I had to have a conversation with Johnny to say, listen, I need a number four at the bottom of my midfield to come and get the ball off the central defenders. I know you've never defended in your life. I know I watched videos of him. And to be honest, he was a, a bit of a luxury player. He didn't like defending. He didn't like tracking back at the, the clubs he'd been at before. He, he, in my eyes, he was a very good footballer, but he was a bit of a liability for what I wanted. But to him and fair to him, he took all the information on board and he adapted that position himself. He did his best with his defensive work. He tried, I think, again, because he got put into a system where you had to defend, where you had to be the same as everybody else. And his, his ability was fantastic. He'd come and get the ball off the central defenders. It could wriggle out of tight spaces. So it ended up being um, a good tool to have. It was just him tightening up on his defensive work. So the other three foreigners, like I mentioned, John Johnson, I played with before at Northampton. Um, I knew him well. Um, Curtis Asano, I played against many times. And I knew he was very fast and, and athletic and a nice boy and, and you know, good attitude, um, good character to have. Someone that would integrate with him being Kenyan English. Someone I knew that would integrate well into the, the Indian culture and with the Indian boys. And, you know, there'd be no um, big time Charlie, uh, you know, character, if you like. It was, it was a good boy, the same as John Johnson. And then obviously we needed an Asian. So with me being English, you know, I wanted uh, someone who was reliable from a, a language perspective and, and obviously needed a centre forward. And Sean Rooney had had a taste of India before. I got reports not to sign him off a few people in India, but then I did my homework regards people in Australia who I knew. And they said he was a very good player, two-footed, can score a goal. And he's done that all his career, to be fair. His stats are quite good. And he came over and had, had two very good years and was a good signing. So the, the foreigners all worked. And to be honest, it wasn't by fluke. I think, it, you know, we did it properly. We looked into all the due diligence properly, all the character references, and it all checked out well. And they were all a good age, which was a big plus as well, 25, 24 years of age. And they all had uh, a burning desire to, to go and make it work. And I think all, all three of them, and all four of them, include Johnny, made it work. In terms of Indians, of course, you didn't have that knowledge coming in. So how important was Pradyum, your, your assistant coach, in picking those players? Um, to be honest, I think it was more um, of just getting, we, we went through quite a lot of players. I think 
you know, if you look the first season, how many we actually used, we didn't we didn't use too many regards regulars. You know, 14, 15 players. Uh, we had a lot of players that we had to get rid of. Um, Bradham obviously knew a few, but it, it wasn't so much who we signed. It was it was just training them because the the levels of improvement we got out of them. As long as they had the right attitudes, some didn't, which didn't last, um, and we quickly got rid of them. But the ones that had a good attitude was always going to improve at a massive rate because of, of what we were doing was different to everybody else regards our fitness, regards our nutrition, regards our tempo, the way we play football, the speed of what we do, everything, whether that's training, whether it's gym sessions, just complete intensity around the club. So, I, you know, I don't think it mattered too much who we signed. I think because it was quite many years ago, the improvement we were going to get was massive. I mean... You only have to look at players that, since we've left, that have gone by the wayside, that have slipped out of football now because they're not training at the same intensities or they're not applying themselves collect, uh, collectively because there's not that driving force behind them. I mean, you can you can look at lots of players to see, you know, players that were playing well week in week out that have now, you know, don't really get a game. So during that season, did you have this mentality like I know you played against the Indian national team and then. That is when you probably in pre-season, and that's when you thought, okay, this team can probably challenge for the title here. So, how much, how was it like in terms of the, creating a mentality in the team? Because BFC, since the days that you were there, and we have carried on this trend that they don't give up, they keep trying. It's just uh, one of those things that you helped ingrain. Yeah, I think. I mean, I remember the Indian national team coming to our stadium to use it for training. And they were waiting for us to finish training. And, and there was a lot of goading from the international players towards our players saying, look at the way they're training. This is supposed to be football. They're more like an athletics club, blah, blah, blah. And they were mocking them because of the, you know, the, the speed and the, the, I don't know, the, probably the intensity we were training at. Um, and then we played them, obviously, after we'd only been together four and a half weeks. We played and we drew 1-1. But we absolutely battered them, in my opinion. We didn't we didn't score the goals we should have. Uh, they changed 12, uh, 11 players, I think, at half-time. Um, and from that moment, we knew these were the best players that they had in the country that we only had. I think Sunil was the only player in the squad at that time, possibly Robin. Um, and none of our other players were anywhere near the national team. And it happened that, in the end, lots of our players started playing for the national team. But it was just, you know, that never day... Uh, never say die attitude it was it was more you know from every single thing that we did had this intensity and this desire about it um you know whether that's going to hotels and and trying your best to get the food right with the chefs desperately wanting to to make sure you could pull on those finer percentages the way we train no sloppiness you know we trained really intensively um just that just everything about us just just drove in it and i think that spilled over to the players and and the desire and also, you know, big decisions we made where if players weren't pulling the weight, we just got rid of them on the spot. That sounds crude or ruthless, but people then learn that, you know, you can't afford to have easy days at our club because we'll get rid of you. Um, you do everything at 100%. You maintain a standard and a professionalism. And if you don't, we get rid of you. Um, as simple as that. And that's what something, you know, the best ones that are still there took it on board and, and applied themselves properly and the ones that didn't left the club um and then the ones that haven't applied themselves maybe since i've left have, have slipped out of the club or, not, or even slipped out of football or 
or even into the I League or even the leagues below um, because people have uh, at times have dropped the standards. The one I remember is Siam Hangal. He was he he you often played him for a lot of the games and he scored that amazing volley goal and celebrated in front of the national team coach Jim Corman or something like that. And then since you left, uh, he sort of disappeared from the radar completely. Those, Big things are expected of him. In in my opinion, there's there's many many players that have now slackened off or dropped the standards or not trained the same way as what we used to train and they've slipped and they're, and they're underachieving. You know, you can, you can even look at CK Vanith. He was in week in, week out scoring goals last season. He was at Jumshapur and a disappointing season. Reno Anto was, was a regular in the national team like CK Vanith was. Um, he's, he's, you know, I know he's still at BFC, but he doesn't play regular or he isn't one of the best left or right backs in the country that he was at the time. Siam Angle, you've mentioned, uh, quickly went out of football. Even the young players we signed, like Zwala. Zwala was having a great season for me in, in the last season. He's kind of slipped slipped through the net a little bit. Um, you know, we could name lots and lots, in, in my opinion, uh, without being disrespectful to any of them. Um, you know, it's not just all about one and a half hours a, a day training. It's about everything that goes with it and, and your desire and and the way that you have a driving force behind them to make sure they keep achieving things. Um Robin Singh, you could look at to say, was was playing the best football in his life at BFC, but then slipped out and, and not been a regular, not achieved what he should have achieved. Um, there's the goalkeepers, the same. There's, there's a few goalkeepers who went through that have, have been disappointing since since we've left. And you know, I could I could name you lots. Um, I'm not I'm not singling anybody out. It's just ones that are coming to mind, and most of the ones I've mentioned have have represented the national team, but don't anymore. Um, which which tells you you know you don't you don't become a bad player overnight but something something changes and then players stop improving um you know you could you could at a push may even even put a dancer into that you know a dancer for me was head and shoulders the best up and coming forward and and last season he he was disappointing at BFC um never achieved what he should have achieved and they all they all need to you know remember why they were doing so well and, and, and maybe get back to that. Um, there's only probably Sunil who's, who's very clever in his own mind to, to maintain his standards. And, you know, he kind of keeps improving year on year, if, if, you, if you're being honest as well. And another thing you did is, like you mentioned, is you trusted a lot on the youth. You brought in uh, Zuala, Len, Udanta, all these guys came through, Shankar, all of them came through. So... Was that like something that you it's ingrained in you, or was it a plan from the club to uh, help bring out young players up? Yeah, I mean, when when I first met the club, and we think back, you know, the club had sat down with the owners, and they said, "Listen, there's two options here. We can go and spend like everybody else spends and get the best players in India, all the current national team players, and pay them 50, 60, 70 lakhs a year, or we can get young players and we can develop them through good coaching." And we'll get him into the team and, and we'll make a good club for the future. And, and obviously, you know, the club chose the second option. They wanted a young side. They wanted something that could get players into the national team. And, and that was the way we went. So, you know, me coming through a, a good youth system at Man United that set standards, regards your character and how you apply yourself, um, was just kind of like implementing that, really. Never afraid to play the young players. I remember in, in the league, they used to have a rule there. I think it was under 21 
player had to start, one had to be on the bench, and week in, week out, other clubs were starting 21-year-olds, 19-year-olds, and bringing them off after 15 minutes, which I thought was, was disgusting. And there's many managers guilty of that, if you look back in there, you know, just destroying young players, putting them on because they have to put them on, but then bringing them off and breaking the rules, I, I thought was terrible. And we never did that. We never, do you know, I didn't even have to think. I don't think ever did we think, oh, shit. You know, we haven't got an under-21 on the bench or we haven't got an under-21 or whatever age it was in the starting 11 because we had loads of them uh, and they were all good enough because they trained properly. Um, and you get lots of improvement out of them. Yes, they make some mistakes. That's that's part and parcel of learning. But, you know, we were we were very clever. Uh, you know, Pradjum, myself, Mandar, you know, always looking at Tartar Academy, always looking at the AIF F Academy and seeing what the next ones were coming through. You know, we signed Nishu. We signed Daniel and we signed Zwala all together at the same time after playing the AIFF under-19s. We signed Adanta from the Tartar Academy after playing them and seeing him. And we just had a, we just looked for attributes that we could improve. And uh, and that's what we used to bring into the football club and then just train them correctly and, and get them ready. And, and, we, and we enjoyed doing it. And there's nothing better from a coach, from all the coaching staff, from all the people at the club that bringing a player in that's never played in the professional league, training him for three months, six months, and then him making his debut and, and being an important part of the club. And that's why the club have also, you know, always gone from strength to strength because we've always had an array of young players that, that if coached correctly, can develop and get into the side. And how difficult was that rebuilding process also? Because the first year you lost to Minyanga, second year you lost uh, Sean Rooney and a couple of others. And this keeps happening, but you just keep adding new, new uh, yeah. players in. It was, I was always on the, again, whether it's an Alex Ferguson thing or what, um, you know, you never stand still. You always improve. You know, the players that left only left because we decided they leave. They all wanted to stay. Johnny Minonga had a good year. We won the league um, and everybody thought it was nailed on. He was getting a new, new contract. But I, I sat him down and said, listen, you've done great, but you're 34, 35 and we need to improve. And we needed to get a footballer that was as good as Johnny, but then we needed a footballer that was better at defending because the, the levels were already always always going up. And that's why we, we always used to cut five, six, seven, eight players a season and just basically upgrade them. You know, we would go from the first year of the I-League, we would look at the, the league and say, right, we want to improve. Who have we played against? Who's a good player? You know, we noticed Eugene at Shillong. We noticed Fanai, the left-back 20 at Shillong. We'd noticed Alwyn George at Dempo or, um, you know, people like that. And we thought we can get these in and they're good players and then we can improve them with our training and, and keep keep growing and keep improving. And that was why we had, you know, a, a turnover of players, but we always kept our nucleus, our core, and just tried to upgrade year on year. You know, Sean Rooney was getting a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit homesick. He could see he was starting to drop his standards with his application. So it was time to upgrade him. Um, you know, we see Kim, we played against him, at, I think Randage United or whatever it was. He was a handful. He was the only centre forward in the league that, in my opinion, gave John Johnson and Kurt Sasano a bit of a hard time. So he was the one that we replaced as our Asian. And it was just, you know, recruitment from doing our homework correctly by watching games, by playing against teams, by looking at characters and, and just kept, kept improving the team. So you just mentioned Eugene. Now, the story of uh, you signing Udanta after watching him play and then calling Mandar uh, and saying sign him, 
is quite well told. What is the story behind signing Eugene? Because under you, he became a one crore player, a national team player, one of the best uh, in the recent years that we've seen in football. Unfortunate with injuries since, but nevertheless, what did you, how did you see him? Well, we we played against him for Shulong. I noticed him taking set pieces. He was two-footed. Um, at the time, he, he kicked one of our players. And I think I shouted on to him to, to try and warn him. And that stuck in my mind. thought he's, he's a little bit tough as well. You know, he's not just a quiet boy. He can put his foot in. I can't remember who he kicked. It was one of our players. And he was athletic. Uh, and I knew that if we brought him into our systems, we could improve him again. Because he had the attributes, which is what we always kind of look for. And we knew with our systems and our fitness and our nutrition and our family club, if you like, with the way everyone clicks together, that we could improve him and and get him ready. And he came in, he was magnificent for us. Turned out for me to be one of the best midfielders in the country because he had everything. Like I mentioned, his pace, his, his balance, two-footed, uh, can tackle as well if need be, as long as you keep on top of him. And I knew um, it could be something, and he was. And he's, he's just like like I mentioned before, since since I've left, since training's changed, since you know attention to detail maybe has changed, then his fitness has dropped. Um, and Eugene's one of them players that you need to get him fit first. You know, he loses his fitness very quickly. Um, you know, his cardiovascular work, he doesn't quite like it too much. Um, he has a, a bit of a a tendency to, to not push himself, but you have to find ways of, of making him push himself to get himself super fit. And when he's super fit, he's one of the best. Um, but like I've mentioned, you know, the ISL clubs he's been to, you know, he went to Pune with coaches, maybe just coming there for quick fixes, not attention to detail that aren't thinking of longevity. I think he had a spell it. Was it, was it maybe Mumbai? can't remember definitely Pune I remember that one um, obviously he's been at ATK recently back to Bangalore this year um, you know he got a, a minor setback at ATK where he, was, he started to get fit and he was doing alright but then he injured his knee four months out and then again you've, you've got to get the right coaches and the right tools into him to get him super fit and once he is he's one of the best one of the other things I want that is you deciding to move Sunil to the left at the time he was a centre forward and he had to learn and for a few games, he didn't score. And like normally, we are journalists are writing that Sunil has to score goals because that's why he's here. So, uh, what is the decision behind moving him to the left? And uh, how important was he as a player for you because of the character that he has? There was there was many, uh, I would say, twists and turns, but many reasons for for why not. I mean, firstly, Sunil came in and his physical condition for me was was poor. Um, you know, he had. I would say 12 to 14% body fat. He was quite fudgy in himself. His head was even bigger than it normally is with his body fat around his face. Um, and he'd been a footballer. For me, I'd never, never been told of his responsibilities and how hard you have to work and how you have to defend and how you have to be a team player. You know, he was kind of a luxury number 10. He was playing in a 4-2-3-1 as a number 10. He could do what he wanted in that position regards his and Indian football regards your, your work rate. Um, and I never played at a 4-2-3-1. I own, I'm always 4-3-3 with one defensive midfielder, two attacking midfielders, uh, one number nine. That For me, Sunil is, is never a number nine. I know he's got better now. Um, but to play him as a centre forward, you need to play two. And, and the way you play on the left for me, 
you know, it's that was the modern way of playing. You only have to look at Man City, people like Raheem Sterling um, on the left-hand side, Rashford for Man United on the left-hand side. You can score 15, 20 goals from that position as long as you get taught correctly. You know, we was always emphasising on him getting inside the full-back when the cross is coming in from the opposite side, and he does that now a lot. The penny clicks with Sunil. You know, his attitude was, was fantastic. He wanted to achieve. He'd come back from, uh, I think it was Sporting Lisbon, and it was kind of make or break time for him. If he didn't, if the penny didn't drop, then maybe he never would have achieved what he did. Um, he wasn't in the right condition to start of the season, so we, we dropped him. He never played. That Everybody was amazed with, including the owners, because obviously he was our big star and he was on the bench. Um, I think it was Malin Maitai that played instead of him. Nowhere near as good as Sunnel, but at that stage, I think he had better work rate and better, you know, for what we were looking for, for his defensive role as well as attacking. And Malim actually got man of the match in that game. And he probably would have started the next. Um, but as it happened, I think he got ill on the Thursday. And then Sunnel got his chance. And obviously, he'd, he'd learnt uh, how important it is to, to work hard and defend properly. Um, but he had a bit of a barren spell. He wasn't scoring. And that was probably because he hadn't played, like you say, a left of a three didn't really understand the role too much. So we just had regular meetings with him, explained what we was looking for, what positions to get into. We knew his ability was fantastic anyway. Just reassured him that it doesn't matter if you don't score. As long as you keep getting in the right positions, you will score because you're a good player. And, and reassured him from a confidence perspective. And when he finally did score, you know, he never looked back. And uh, the rest is obviously down to him. He's, he's very clever. He's very intelligent. He's a credit to Indian football. Regards his now, his application, his attitude, everything he does off the field. You know, he speaks very well, conducts himself in a in a very professional, iconic way, and he's gone on to be India's best player ever, um, and probably best there ever will be. It's going to take a lot to to knock that off him to 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 score the goals he scored for the national team and the amount of games he's played out there week in week out. Hardly ever gets injured because he looks after himself correctly, and uh, he, he's. He's definitely a, a role model for every Indian football player because if everybody had the same attitude as, as him, you know, India wouldn't be sat at 100 in the world. They'll be uh, a lot lower than that. And like the three seasons you had, two league titles, Federation Cup, uh, last couple of, uh, I think, Durant Cup through penalties, uh, penalty shootout, I think. So, uh, which is your favourite season that you had in BFC? I think... Um, I think that the first one was obviously fantastic because it was such a shock to everyone, and we I, and, and we believe, and and we don't think we're wrong in saying this that we changed Indian football regards professionalism. Everybody was like, "What? How is this team of misfits, low budget, uh, regards this, the playing staff wages, if you like? How have they achieved this? How have they gone and destroyed Mumbai, Bengal?" Salgalka, Dempo, all these clubs with massive budgets. Um, how, how have they been the standout team? Um, and then people started to look at what we did. And that was obviously the, the environment, what we did off the field, the education of the players with the nutrition and the fitness levels. And, you know, members of staff in the right areas, a goalie coach, a fitness coach, all good people. Um, and we changed it and it improved for the better after that season. So that was a, a really proud moment to be involved in that one year and, and I think change Indian football 
But the third year was probably the favourite. Um, obviously, progressed to the quarter-final of the AFC Cup. You know, beat Kitchy away, who were another very professional team with a big budget. Beat them away by playing a, a nice diamond system with you know, young Indians scattered all over the team. Uh, playing a team in the AFC Cup by fielding just all Indian players. Um, remember having a row with Mandar before the game. Mandar, because it, there was Mandar. I think always had the feeling that I was leaving because I'd done my three years. You know, I don't think I, I, w- I was going to stay. Um, I was wanted to try something different. So when the team sheet come out with all Indians, I think Mandar thought I was trying to throw the game on purpose um, because he was thinking, "Where's the foreigners? Why is there no foreigners?" And it was because there was a league match two or three days later. The workload that we had to manage by being in and around the AFC Cup, travelling to all these places, coming back and then making sure we didn't lose in the league. Um, and I said to Mandar, I said, listen, if we lose this game with all Indians, I'll walk out the club. I'll guarantee you we won't lose it because I had complete faith in our Indian players. I think we won the game 5-2 or 5-3. I think Len Dungle maybe and CK beneath up front knew that we needed pace in, that, in those areas and those two as quick as anything and knew that we would completely win the game was was really rewarding it was a big risk but then them kind of things those decisions and then you play a next league match and you win that um i think the third one managing the workload and, and leaving the team in place that then went on to the afc cup final um which has never been done before you know annihilating teams you know going away to mazia at 40 degrees in the afternoon beating teams like that, um, beating them at home. You know, all, all the, the AFC Cup games were were good. You know, we, we got out of our group every year, the two years we were there. And like I say, we last 16 the first year and then left them in the, in the quarterfinals the second year. And then them obviously going on to the finals. Gutted for them that they couldn't win it. Obviously, you know, the game, if you look at it, the, the tactics, they, they ended up shifting to five at the back and maybe making some tactically poor decisions and, and losing the game when when they had a real chance of winning that AFC Cup, which is which will be hard to do in the future. And the second season was probably a heartbreaking one because as a, as a journalist, it's a dream to have the last match to be held between the one and two to play against each other. Whoever wins is going to decide the title. And we really came into the game... You were ahead until, I think, 87th minute when they scored from a set-piece uh, and drew and lost the title. So how was that to take and to bounce back? I, I still haven't got over that, if I'm being honest. Um, we lost that league not because of that game. We lost that league because of our first couple of home games at the new stadium. Um, pleaded with the club and the management to tell them that the kickoff times had changed to 7.30. It wasn't 4 p.m. kickoffs. Um, pleading to put the boys in a hotel before the game because it's too long for them to be at home all day in those apartments. Um, you know, needed to police a few more meals with a, a pre-match the night before, breakfast in the morning, um, a walk through set pieces late morning, back to the hotel for some lunch, then a little sleep, then team meeting pre-match and then to the stadium. Um, and they didn't agree with me. Um, they didn't let me do that. And the first couple of games, we had some bad results. Uh, I think we got beat by Pune, maybe. 
maybe the first three games we might have drew, drew one and lost two. And then all of a sudden there's a crisis. Why are we losing? And I told them, I'm telling you why. Because of the not going into a hotel. So we changed all that. And then I don't think we ever lost again at home. Um, the last 13 games we went unbeaten. And obviously we were we were beating Monmagan 1-0. And I'll also, another reason I'll never forget, Robinson goes clean through one-on-one with a goalkeeper. I think it might have even been Shilton Paul. Um, he comes running out, Kong Fu kicks Robin in the chest. The referee, I'll never forget him. Um, the tall Kerala referee, just forgot his name, just gone out of my head. The ex-Rickshaw driver. Um, and he signals... The keeper's got the ball, the keeper's got the ball, which he never did. And then from that, then, he gives Monmagan a goal kick. So if he did get the ball, then it should be a corner. If he didn't get the ball, it's a foul on Robin, it's a penalty. There was 10 minutes to go, we scored a penalty, we win the game 2-0. And obviously, as it happens, they score three minutes from time. Um, the I can't remember the centre-half, Bella Razak, is it? Was it him, yeah. I think? He yeah. scored... Sean Rooney should have been marking him. Slip, uh, fell asleep, and uh, they scored, and I can still see it now. Absolute devastation. That would have been three leagues out of three, and we were the best team. We, we deserved to win that season. Um, we just got a couple of logistical things wrong at the start, and it cost us. Was there any chance that you would have stuck on in VFC after three years? Because you came before the end of the season. Uh, had one post-match press conference and said, looks like this is going to be the end of the road for me here. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was, if I'm being honest, I was disappointed with the club um, for, for a short while. You know, it wasn't, you know, with the, my contract was up. They hadn't really offered me one. Um, then when they finally came around to offer me one, the money was, wasn't great. It's not all about the money, but when you've been there and, and you've been a big part of, of that club and you feel like that club was your own, which is if rightly or wrongly, I, I did. I felt part of that club and I, I just thought, you know, it wasn't getting repaid so much in, in a few of the conversations. So I just felt it was time to move on and time to go while the relationship was still good. You know, I didn't want it to stay there and it turned sour, you know, little things like I mentioned about the hotel not being okay to start with, you know, certain things that went wrong. And it was always a battle to try and get things put right. And I just felt um, it was just time to move and, and go in, a, in another direction. In the end, they did come through with a very good offer. But it, it, in my mind, I'd already set my mind up there and I'd already made my mind up and it, it was too late and decided to, to move on. And um, no regrets in what happened. Um Club's in a great place. Um, you know, they've maintained some success in the early seasons. Obviously, getting a little bit tougher now. I think last season for them was, was very disappointing. Certainly, the AFC Cup defeat was, was disappointing for them. You know, a Maldives side beating a, an Indian one is, is not ideal. Um, and then, obviously, um, you know, I think the biggest disappointment for them last season was, was possibly the goals they scored. I think it was only 22 goals or something like that, which for a a BFC side that's normally very attacking and very affluent. You know, they had a, a disappointing season. I, I can't tell you why. It's not my business to say why. I'm sure they, you know, there's many reasons for that. Um, but they are a great club and I'm, I'm sure they're going to come back stronger. 
how was it dealing with the media in bangalore because i can remember some really funny incidents and some not so funny incidents uh, people asking stupid questions uh, myself and you actually had a small uh, argument about joshua walker one time i don't know if you remember it. Uh, but i was asking like is he an upgrade from what you already had before and stuff like that so what is your relationship with the media like no i thought it was good i think we all learned together i mean some some of the media that were first went into it um you know they were the, it, it was new to them to have a football club on the doorstep that was challenging for titles and you know them like anything everybody improves the journalism improves with the club improving and we all just kind of grew with the club together um, I always had a good relationship with them um, you know I didn't open myself up too much um, I was always quite guarded always wanted to protect the players and protect the club so maybe not as open as I could have been um, but I, I enjoyed my time there massively with with the, with the city with the fans and, and with the, the club and with the media I remember after at the end of the second season Uh, I had a interview with you a long one where you were, we were just talking about this and that and at the end of the interview I stopped the recording and I was like talking to you chit chatting and I said I'm sorry about those that was uh, Joshua Walker question I remember you were telling me the same like they are like my kids so I have to protect them and most of the time I don't understand what the fuck you guys are saying because your accent is so weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean so, that's probably part of it I mean I, I again you, you go through man united and you watch alex ferguson and you watch how he you know he he's not afraid to tell a player to the face what he thinks of him but he'd very rarely uh, criticize one of them in in public to to media and I, i just kind of was always like that you know felt close to our players you know bangalore's a a big city but it feels quite small we we spent a lot of time with each other and you seen them as as your little sons i suppose and you try to look after them all the time whether that's taking them out for you know rewards every now and again when we were doing good things um you know going out your way to i don't know maybe put some money behind the bar for them so they can enjoy themselves or whatever you just try to look after them as best you could since then you went on to panyang and atk and all those stuff so what is next for you now not sure to be honest um obviously went to malaysia which was very disappointing um thought that it would be the same as india regards because it was in asia obviously didn't research the culture so much uh, there was a massive difference between malaysian players and indian players regards application desire and and wanting to learn and, and wanting to improve indians are fantastic at that it didn't quite work as well in in malaysia so just just walked away from a bit of a disaster off the field as well with the politics that goes on in and around you know football clubs in malaysia the way that they they ran through the through the fas um and then to atk was just a, a case of going back in and, and trying to advise um you know they they didn't really you know carry out the advice to what what was being advised and ended up getting thrown in at the deep end to a to a team that was you know not prepared correctly and obviously as a caretaker basis that you know possibly looking back should never have done that should have stuck in my role of of technical director just advising um but i certainly feel that you know i know i'm i know i can be successful in india i know how to make things work if given um the right cooperation from management um so feel that my reputation got tarnished a little bit at atk 
um, through through no fault of my own, if I'm being honest. And you know, really, some way or somehow, at some stage in my life or career, I wanna I wanna put that right and um, make sure that people remember remember me for the success we had at Bangalore, because knowing that I can achieve that, and not for something that you know when you're not in a position to basically make all the decisions or not not so much all the decisions but be the main driving seat which at ATK I wasn't um, and things don't get carried out to your ways of, and systems then obviously you know it's you get made accountable really which was a little bit harsh I think um, so somewhere somewhere um, I, I want to put the uh, the record straight in your time in India, who's the best player that you coached? You'd have to say Sunil for sure. Um, regards everything as a package. Um, there's many that spring to mind for talent. We've mentioned Eugene before. There were lots, really. Um, you know, even Reno Anto, with him being versatile, Adanta for potential. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of players, but you'd have to single Sunil out just because of his stats, you know, what he's done at international level, you know, what he's done over the last six years, almost plays every game, hardly ever gets injured. You know, that, that deserves credit, to be honest. We went to Goa, where you were going to play the last game of the first season to win the title. And I was yeah. covering the game there. And you were sitting next to us because you were suspended from being in the touch yeah, Unlike me, that, to be suspended. but <laughs> So you were sitting right there. And uh, I think you guys were losing 1-0 or it was 1-1. And this league was all done. And Beko K. Bengaisa was, you know, tottering around trying to warm up. And you wanted to bring him on. And you just proceeded to abuse him from the stands saying, hurry up. <laughs> and then he went on. I think he had provided the assist or scored the goal and won the game. Yeah. That for me was like you won the title and then you're still pushing people to win. I mean, you could have just sat out that whole game and chilled. But yeah. So that was a memorable moment for me from those seasons. What are some of the funniest things that you've seen on the field and off the field? Because you, uh, your dressing room stories are quite funny. Some of the things that you say and what how you are. So, uh, what are the funny things that you remember? Oh, there were there were many things. Um, I can remember once being at the old, well, our offices or whatnot, and hearing the biggest commotion you've ever heard, and thinking, "What is that?" Uh, looking out outside, and there's a cow running up our stairs. So <laughs> things like that stick out in your mind. Um, we had loads. I mean, I'd have to think long and hard, but there were never a dull moment. There were many funny things that we did. Um, so just just it wasn't all, you know, flat out football. We had our, our good times as well. When we won the league in Goa, um, I think when we beat Dempo, we all went out around Goa that time. Uh, we took Path Jindal with us as well, took him up... Um, the strip in Bagger, everybody got wasted up there. That was a, a real fun night. So it was, uh, it was many little memories that stick out. Yeah, I think as journalists also, we have, we were much closer to the club back in the early years. Yeah. Because we were also there in the Arbor thing. Yeah. I remember uh, Robin and uh, Darren Caldera switching shirts because they were wearing terrible shirts. Uh, Robin was wearing this blingy thing. Yeah. And they were, I think he was forcing Darren to switch the shirt or something like that. So all these things kind of stick out in my head also because we were also there for a, a lot of these. Yeah, I think we had a real connect. You know, we liked to every now and again to go out together. Um, you know, I didn't, or the players for sure, I didn't go out too much with them, but 
always once a year if we won something or and, and a Christmas party, you know, we always we always went out together and and got people involved and you know obviously the the Arbor Brew was always the meeting point because I think it's Gorav that was a, a big support of the club. The, the the pub was just behind the old stadium. Um, we used to like going in there and watching the Premiership. Um, so it had a, a nice feel to it. And it was nice for, for fans and reporters to see a different side to all our normal serious um, fronts where you're all saying and doing the right things. And it's nice to be able to integrate every now and again and, and let your air down as long as it's not not too much. Yeah, I remember, I remember you singing some Brian Adams song or something in our... It might have been a Robbie Williams knowing me. Um, yeah, maybe it is. So I remember, it was good fun uh, all those days. So uh, thank you so much for your time. I do actually honestly hope to see you around uh, in India at some point, uh, yep. coaching again, and uh, maybe we can catch up more for that. Yeah. Uh, I know that happens. Pleasure. Pleasure talking. Thanks, mate. Bye-bye. That was Ashley Westwood speaking to Injury Time. I hope everyone is safe and sound during this tough period and I'm trying my level best to bring out more stories on Indian football. If you enjoyed, do subscribe to us at Injury Time IND on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me on at Sandy Nonam on Twitter to keep updated on our next podcast. I apologize if there was any sound issues in this recording because we are trying our level best to get it done through Skype and Zoom and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully the next one will be better. but we'll keep trying to improve ourselves so till next time stay safe and stay indoors